Uh, as you guys know, this year we've been sharing testimonies or stories about things God has been doing in and through people. And so we're going to continue that trend this morning. I'm going to invite Dan- Diane Sweeney to come up and join us on the stage. Give her a warm blue ash welcome. If you guys have been around throughout the series, uh, one of the first weeks, or the first week, at the end of the message, we challenged you, not just in that moment on that Sunday, but to continue this practice on, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes, of two minutes of silence. Well, during that first two minutes of silence in this auditorium, uh, Diane was praying something specifically, and then somebody came up and kind of gave her words of affirmation. So I don't want to steal her thunder, but tell us a little bit about those, that, that time of silence and what you were praying through. So I've been dealing with kind of a hurt and anger for the last several years. And I pray all the time, please just take it away. But lately I've been praying, do you hear me? Are you listening? Are you out there? Are you there? So in that two minutes of silence, that's what I was praying over there. Your little alarm went off, and we did communion. Craig was singing. And Nathaniel walked over to me, and he walks up to me, and he says, Diane, God wants me to tell you that he sees you, he hears you, and he knows what you're going through. And I just looked at him like, really? And he said, does that mean anything to you? And I said, yes. And he said, well, he sees you, and he hears you. And I stood there like an idiot and said, thank you. And... (laughs) And then he said, can I pray for you? And I said, sure. And um, I just stood there with my mouth open the rest of this. How's that impacting you just beyond, not just that moment, but beyond? Like, are those, is that a moment that you continue to go back to? Yeah. And you're feeling like, do you see me? Like, oh, yes, you've affirmed that to me. Well, (laughs) lately I've been praying, okay, God, if you don't want to talk to me, you can talk to Nathaniel. And he can just bring yeah. it to me. you got to make sure you guys exchange phone numbers. So yeah. That Daniel's like, hey, I was praying for you this morning. Let me give you the download. So <laughs> I have prayed that. And I was like, That's great. if you don't want to talk to me, talk to him. You that know? is so good. Well, so it just kind of blew me away. Yeah. Can I pray for you now? Yes. Thank you. Will you guys pray with me? If you feel comfortable, you can extend your hand. God, thanks for, for just what you're doing in Diane's life and how you showed her that you see her. And God, you often use other people because we're supposed to live in a community of people that express your love, that expand your kingdom. And so God, just more of that. I would pray that Diane would start to hear your voice in in the stillness in those moments of how much you love her and how much you see her. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much. This is a a perfect example of what we call intercessory prayer, which is what we're going to talk about this morning when somebody else is praying for you and then sometimes you get these words or pictures, and then uh, how we would go up to somebody and and present those words or pictures, uh, we always offer it as a gift. Like, it's not a thus saith the Lord. Uh, It's like, I feel like God's saying these things. And if you're like, how do I do that? I want to learn that. We do trainings so that you can hear God's voice. Um, So stay tuned for that. We have something coming up in April with uh, our friends of Activation Ministry. You don't want to miss out what they have. But today, I'm super excited about today's message. And I love it when God kind of shows off in these little moments and these little things. Uh, When we planned this series way back in November when we were on our staff retreat, we knew we would be in some sort of construction in the building, but we had no idea how it would impact each specific Sunday morning. And we could not have predicted that the Sunday we would celebrate turning 11 would, in, in our expansion process here, would be the first time we'd come in through the back into this new space. It was a year ago, if you remember, we announced our Thrive initiative for this expansion in this new space. 
And if you were here any time before this Sunday, you also have noticed there used to be a black curtain right behind me. That is now missing. But again, the curtain will return later and a better use for us. But you'll see how perfect that timing ended up being for this specific Sunday. Well, a year ago, as I mentioned, we celebrated or, or talked about this, this dream we felt like God had put on our heart, where years before, we felt like God has, was asking us to like expand eventually into this space that's now behind us, where you guys just entered. Um, but God kind of opened up timing a little earlier than we felt like we were ready. We felt like it was a little early, but that's typically how God works. He provides us with these opportunities that we can't make happen on our own, and so we have no choice but to trust him and his timing. And this was certainly no different. And a year ago it felt early, but now it feels like perfect timing. God has been moving in and through our church with, with new families, more kids to serve. His spirit is, you can, be, you can feel it in the church right now. He's really doing some really cool stuff. And the Thrive Initiative is really all about helping to deepen our roots and expand our reach here in Blue Ash and beyond. And in addition to being better able to serve our community, the people here with extra space, our church continues to be used outside of Sunday mornings through different requests coming in, through different organizations, and we absolutely love it. We've always envisioned and hoped that this place would be used beyond Sunday mornings, not just for the community that's here this morning, but for the com community at large. So we, we asked you guys to prayerfully consider giving above and beyond your normal tithes and offerings to this Thrive initiative. We asked for a first fruits offering, a, a best one-time gifts to get the project going, and then a three-year additional commitment above and beyond that. Well, it's obvious that we've been able to get the project going, um, and the rest of those funds over the next couple of years will help us outfit the space as, uh, as we move into it. If you want to know more about Thrive, if you're like new around here, this is your first time, like what is Thrive? We do have some bags as you came in where all the waters are. You can grab some Thrive bags or simply write Thrive on your Connect card, drop in the offering later when it goes by. Uh, we'll follow up with you with all the information. Uh, if you haven't given, there are several ways you could still do that. You could simply write a check, write Thrive in the memo, or use the Thrive dropdown in our online banking, and you could give that way. You could also give a two-year commitment over the next couple years to give a larger financial or have a larger financial impact if that's something that interests you. And if you have a program, you may have noticed when you came in, if you've been giving to Thrive or not, there's another way you can give to help us impact our Thrive initiative is picking out one of those items on the Thrive wish list to help us equip the spaces a little sooner uh, than we can right now. We have to continue to wait for those funds to come in over the next two years to outfit each space. One point of clarity that I have had several times in the past is Thrive, again, is above and beyond your normal tithes and offerings. As a matter of fact, we, at, we see it as a sacrificial giving. So please do not move your regular giving to the Thrive. It actually hurts us. And the best example I know how to give is like imagine you guys go on a really elaborate vacation, but you use all your, um, the money from your normal household expenses, right? Like well, that doesn't really help you in your personal finances. That certainly doesn't help us either. So what we'd ask is continue to pray about how you might be able to impact in our Thrive uh, initiative. And if, and if you're not tithing, I would honestly ask that you would trust God with the tithe first before you give to Thrive. If you want more information on the, on the uh, tithe challenge, write tithe challenge on your Connect card. We'll follow up with you. And if you find your place in a situation where you're like, man, I would love to be able to give to Blue Ash Community Church or to Thrive in general, but our current financial situation is is prohibitive for us to do that, 
We are launching Financial Peace University next Sunday right here at the church. The first week you can attend for free. There is a financial obligation to attend the, the nine weeks, but we believe in this program that Dave Ramsey puts on so much that if you attend eight of the nine weeks, we will give you your money back. So really there's no cost other than the upfront cost. You come eight of the nine weeks, we give you your money back. I would encourage you to think about attending that. If you're like, I'm not really sure, again, come that first week, come next week, absolutely free. Make sure that it's something that you want to do. Just write Financial Peace University on your Connect card. Again, drop it in the offering. When it goes by later in the service, we'll follow up with all the information on how to get signed up or how to check that out. So enough about all of that. Let's jump into today's message, one I'm certainly excited about. But before we do, let's invite God and the Holy Spirit just to speak to us this morning. Will you pray with me? God, thanks. Thanks for the blessings you continue to pour out on your church here in Blue Ash. But right now, God, we specifically ask you'd come. You'd recenter us. You'd refocus us on what you have for us this morning, that we'd leave here a little more equipped. We'd know that we're loved. God, help us with Sunday to impact our Monday. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. My name is Andy. If I've not introduced myself to you, I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks so much for joining us. If this is your first time online or in person, we're so glad you're here. We are in a series that we've been using the book by Tyler Statton called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools is really our guide throughout this series. We're not going to get through the entire book in the series, but if you're following along in the reading plan, which is in our journals, and you have the book, you will read through the entire book. If you don't have a copy of the book, I can't encourage you enough to buy your own uh, copy. Go to Amazon or minimally go to your local library and check out the book and read through it. There's a lot of great information in there that we're not going to get to in the series. And as my wife mentioned, we're doing a uh, Wednesday night study on this. If you want to dive deeper into the material, I'd encourage you to go ahead and sign up for that group right now and make sure that you're part of that. We've covered a lot of ground, some great ground over the last three weeks. The first week, we talked about our prayer posture, right? We talked about spending time with God in silence and solitude. And as I already mentioned, we challenge you then, not just that morning, but to continue this practice of spending two minutes in silence and, and solitude with God. And it's not so much like in, a, in an environment where there's zero silence. That's really hard to do, although I'd encourage you to do it. It's more about your posture. It's about silencing your mind, recentering it on Jesus and his love for us. The second week, we talked about adoration and how do we adore God for all of his greatness, all the great things he's doing, all the great things he's done. And we gave you several ways you could do that. You could be praying scripture where it talks about adoring uh, Jesus or adoring God and all the great things that he's done. We can do that through worship, which we do here every single Sunday. And then a practice I've put into place is I'm finding something I'm grateful for every single day, uh, something different. So at the end of the year, I have 366 things that I'm grateful for. I can't encourage you enough to start that practice of gratitude. And you hear that cliche, the best way to impact your attitude is with gratitude. So those are ways we can adore. Last week we, we defined, we reshifted, hopefully recentered what true confession is and how that is freeing for us. When we come before God, confessing and asking him to search us and allowing him to do his best work of, of cleansing us, of restoring us, and, and honestly just loving us really well. And this week we're going to explore what it means to walk in the authority of who God has created us to be. This week is like a key to our prayer life. This week we unlock what God has always intended for each and every one of us to live out, specifically prayers of intercession. 
If you've been following along in the reading plan, then you've read this chapter, chapter 5 last week, and this is one of my favorite chapters in this entire book. The author, Tyler Statton, shares several impactful, moving stories in the book about how prayer can be and how it can change and how it can impact people's lives. But he also does a really good job of talking about the difficulty of prayer when things don't work out the way we'd hoped or the way we think that they should work out. And this is really the challenge of our prayer life, specifically that of intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is actually found in our, uh, this first quarter's memory verse. And if you don't have one, they should be out there on that table. Make sure you grab one of those on your way out. We do a different memory verse for each quarter. This is what our memory verse is this year. It's known as the Lord's Prayer. Many of you have this memorized. And if you don't, I encourage you to continue to write that on your heart. This is what it says. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Intercessory prayers found in that phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is intercessory prayers as it relates to this specific passage. Biblically, our English word intercession is translated from the Hebrew and the Old Testament and the Greek and the New Testament, which means to come between, to come between. We could simply say to, prayer, to pray a prayer of intercession is to pray for someone else. It's the kind of prayer that starts with love for someone else and ends with inviting God's love, his activity, into places where his love is lacking. Intercession is a willingness, an intentional choice from, to turn from the, the, the spiral of, of ourselves, of our own desires, our own needs, of our own circumstances, to the needs of another. Author Richard Foster says it this way. He says, if we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than what is within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Intercession is a way of loving others. Intercessory prayer is selfless prayer, even self-giving prayer. It's the ongoing work of the kingdom of God. Nothing is more important, he says, than intercessory prayer. I mean, think about that. Nothing is more important than intercessory prayer. Nothing is more important than praying for other people. So the question for us, of course, is do we believe that's true? Collectively, as a, as a community, we say we believe that. Individually, do you believe that's true? Do you think that's the most important thing? And if you aren't sure, then there's these questions that Tyler Statton poses in the, in the chapter. He asks these questions to help us see where our belief lies in this. Do we truly believe that intercessory prayer is the most important ongoing work as it relates to the kingdom of God or not? He says... Try to recall everything you've prayed for in the last week. So if we were to pause here just a minute, it's like you're trying to go through the Rolodex, and I just dated myself. These young people in the front are like, what's a Rolodex? Google it. Uh, Go through the, the prayers of your last week. What would they be? If God answered every one of those prayer requests, what would have happened this last week? How much kingdom impact would there have been? 
Tyler makes this argument in the book. He says, with the exception of one or two particularly bold or naive people, the answer is usually very little. Ouch. I mean, that's, that's hard to hear or think about. Tyler makes the point that intercessory prayer, for a lot of us, not everyone, is challenging to do. I mean, we understand that prayer can make an impact, right? I mean, prayer is a way to, to meditate and let go. Definitely, right? All in. Prayer is a centering exercise. We've been practicing that. Like, that's essential. Like, we're learning that. Prayer is a channel for, for us to be reformed from the inside out. Yes, God changes the one that's praying, of course. But prayer that really works, the sort of prayer that joins God to bring about redemption and push back the darkness of evil, Prayer that actually makes an impact or changes in, in the difference in, visibly to the people that we see, that we know, to the tangible world, people that matter, the real issues they face, that sort of prayer that brings heaven to earth, this is where often the, the decisions or the opinions of people can start to splinter in every direction. But the truth of the matter is, this is exactly what God invites every single one of us into. The kind of prayer that makes an impact for his kingdom. Prayer is a profound invitation that God offers this side of grace. And it isn't just limited to the people that he invites into this either, right? It's for every single one of us. The kind, this kind of prayer, if we really took this invitation of Jesus seriously to intercede for people, I believe if we truly believed it, we'd have a hard time getting anybody else to do anything but pray. We were, we were created to be rulers, intercessors on God's behalf. Intercessors participating with God and lovingly overseeing the world. We're set apart, bearing God's image. We, we take on his authority and we rule in selfless love. Again, we're created in his image. God gave us his creation to manage, to steward well. This is our assignment, to spread his image every single place we go. God made us, he created us to be intercessors for his kingdom to come, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the beauty is we don't do this just in our own strength. God provides the strength for us. God has shared it with us. He's, he's given us the power by giving us his spirit. It's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, lives in every single one of his kids who calls him Father or Jesus Lord. We're called co-managers of heaven. Prayer is how we move from knowledge, like we know all these things, to action. And when we say and we pray, in Jesus' name, amen, what we're actually saying is, under the authority of Jesus, so be it. And until we believe this is true, our prayers will continue to linger, as Tyler makes an excellent point over and over in the chapter, to more of these vague, safe prayers where God can't let us down, right? Instead of the your kingdom come, your will be done, boldness that we're created to pray and expect. I love how he puts it, uh, how he points this out in our own lives. He says, what if we never really prayed? What if we never really come before our Heavenly Father believing we have the same access to the Father that Jesus had? 
What if we never knew we were an heir to the kingdom, carrying the standing and the status of Jesus? He says, what if we have never pushed back the curtain and darkness who has already been defeated alongside of God? What if that is what God is inviting us into? What if God is looking for intercessors to implement the already secured victory? And then he says, would that be something you'd get up a few minutes early for? Would that be something you'd spend time throughout your day praying or doing? Would that be something you'd give up something good for something better? And here's the most amazing part in all of this truth. It's it's astonishing when you really think about it. God doesn't need intercessors for his creation. It isn't as if God is overwhelmed in heaven with the responsibilities of of overseeing the very thing he's created. Right? He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's completely outside of time. God's got it. He doesn't need intercessors. But the crazy part is he longs for them. He wants them. He chooses intercessors. We dream of a God that brings heaven to earth. We would say, now, not yet. We get to experience heaven now, but not in its completeness. God dreams of praying people to share heaven with. So again, if God answered every last one of our prayer requests this past week, what would have happened? How much kingdom impact would there have been? Because again, we're, we're co-heirs with Christ. If you're like, I'm not sure about that co-heir language, Andy, go read Romans 8 this week. As part of your quiet time, read read Romans 8. I'm going to read you part of it. Romans 8, starting with verse 10. It says, if Christ is in you, and we know he is if you said yes to him, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. We're made right in his standing. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, again, we know that he is, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, since all of that is true, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if You live, but if by the Spirit you put death to the mindset of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We would say one of God's kids. The Spirit spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. We're one of his kids. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And here it comes. Now, if we are children, one of God's kids, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering and order that we may also share in his glory. We're co-heirs with Christ. Stewards, managers of heavenly resources. Intercessory prayer is ordinary love combined with humility and God's power. I love how 
Andrew Murray defines humility. He has this great little book on humility. I can't recommend it enough. He says, humility, the place of entire dependence on God. The place of entire dependence of God. So our ordinary love, combined with the dependence on God, makes great soil for kingdom to come and his will to be done. So what if we tried this? What if we believe this to be true? What if we begin to live this out? What if we really took Jesus seriously uh, on the invitation to prayer? What would happen? What do you think would happen in us? What would happen through us? What would begin to happen in our family unit? What would happen in our friendships? What would happen in our church? What do you think could happen in this community, in this city? I think it's worth finding out. And so this morning, just like we've done every um, Sunday that we've done this series, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. We're going to give you an opportunity to step out in faith and trust and believe in intercessory prayer that you're a co-heir with Christ and that your prayers impact the kingdom of God here and now. But before we do, grab your Connect cards that Jana mentioned we're going to offer you some next steps. I encourage you to write those on your Connect card. Drop them in the offering in just a few moments when it goes by. We're going to offer some next steps. You may have next steps of your own to drop, uh, to write down there. Drop them in the offering. But the first one is this. Accept Christ for the first time. Accept Jesus for the first time. Maybe today is the day that you finally say, God, I want your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, in me, right now. I want access. I want to be a co-heir to Christ. I want to be uh, stewards, co-managers of heavenly resources. And we do that. The, the Bible calls it repentance by turning away from living our life the way we want to as authors and turning to Jesus, his word, his spirit, as, as him being the author of our life. Beginning to trust him with the direction and the path of the life that we're called to leave. The second is our memory verse. Again, it's our quarterly memory verse. It's the, the Lord's Prayer we just recited earlier. If you don't have one of those cards, be sure to grab one of those. But spend some time. We talked about this, I think it was last week or the week before, where when you're reading Scripture, don't always feel like, I've got to read three chapters. You can feel like you can put that pressure on yourself. It's fine. But sometimes the, the Spirit of God is going to highlight a phrase or a word as you're reading. So just stop there and sit in it. I encourage you to do that with with our memory verse as you read it. Wait for God to illuminate something to stand out to you. And you go, I wonder why that stands out to me. And pray about it. God, what is it that you want me to see here? What is it that you want me to do with this? The next one's our application, which we're going to skip. We're going to come back to. But um, later in the service, you're going to have an opportunity to receive prayer. You can do that lots of ways here at Blue Ash. You can email us at prayer at blueashcc.com. Any uh, prayer requests that you have, you can write your prayer requests certainly on this Connect card. Our prayer teams get that. We pray for these every staff meeting. The most impactful way I think you could receive prayer is literally in person with our prayer teams who will be in the back. We pray for anything that's going on. More of his kingdom to come. More, more healing. We believe God heals today just like he did in the Bible. We have story after story to tell you of how he's already done it here. That's his kingdom coming, his will being done right now. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and ask the ushers to come forward. We're going to receive our offering. If you don't mind dropping your uh, Connect cards in there as well. 
Let's back up to that application that I said we were going to come back to. We're going to spend a couple of minutes. This is your first time here. You were here last week, and you're like, that silence thing was weird. I agree. It is weird. When you've not practiced it, it's not a muscle you've used. There's lots of distracting noises in this you know, open auditorium, and that's still going to be the, the case. But again, it's not about being in a completely silent place. It's about quieting our minds. And if you remember several weeks ago, I like there's this centering word that you can, you can also come up with. When your mind starts to drift about, you know, where are you going to eat lunch? Or this big game later? Or what snack am I going to bring? Or I got to put that on my to-do list. Like, for me, my word is just simply Jesus. I'm like, Jesus. And it, like, refocuses Oh, yeah, I'm just supposed to be quiet still, recentering my life, my mind, my moment on Jesus, who he is, what he's done, how he loves. Your word doesn't need to be Jesus, but if you find your mind wandering, or like, what was that sound? You know, like, Jesus, two minutes. And then I'll pray a few things of adoration, praising God for his, his vastness will give us an opportunity to, to come in silence to ask God to search us, right? Search me, O Lord. To reveal, like, the confession in us that maybe we, we forgot and we didn't know was there. Like, okay, God, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Cleanse me, restore me. And then we're going to give us an opportunity to intercede on someone else's behalf. There's going to be a great practice that's really I'm stealing right from the book. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from the, from the practice portion of that chapter. But for now, let's spend two minutes in silence. I'll say this, like if you hear again noises, Jesus. If kids make sounds, we love kids. Make a joyous noise. Like we're okay with noises. I'll say a quick prayer, and then we'll just pray, or then we'll just go silent. So God, just come right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you help us to recenter, to quiet our minds, to refocus on who you are, who you designed us to be. Remind us how much you love us. In Jesus' name.
God, thanks. Thanks for who you are. Thanks for your vastness, your mercy, your glory, all that you've created, and you've created each and every one of us in this room. None of us are a mistake. We're all called to glorify you, to be responsible for your heavenly resources. God, we'd ask you to come. Search us, Lord. If there's any anxious thought, Lord, remove it from us. God, remind us that when we come to you in confession and seek your forgiveness, it isn't shame that you put on us. Lord, it's glory, it's mercy, grace. You restore us, you, you cleanse us. And so in this chapter that you guys have read or haven't read, there's this practice that Tyler uh, talks about of, of opening your hands and like all the stuff that you carried throughout the week or throughout the day. And, and you just do the simple thing of turning your hands over like you're just letting all of that go. I encourage you just to do that posture, to do that. All the stuff that you feel like you've carried through the, throughout the week and just turn it over. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to carry any of that anymore. And he talks about the power of, of intercessory prayer. He says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Having released control and surrender, surrendering your will, which was turning over your your hands. We are now free to see our lives, our relationships, our community, and our world through the eyes of God. It's from this place that we ask him to fulfill to fill our hearts of faith and hope. Simply and clearly ask God's kingdom to come where it is absent and friends outside of relationship with Jesus, needs in our city and our world, troubling or challenging circumstances, physical or mental illness. Ask Jesus to come. Anywhere and everywhere you know God's kingdom of love and peace is lacking. Because in your asking, be, be brief and specific. Who those people are, what those circumstances are. And in the chapter, he talks about this prayer room. And they had uh, places that people could write prayers. And they had this 24-hour prayer service. And it's really remarkable things that they talked about. It gives us hope for our prayer room someday. But this morning, I want to give us an opportunity to write those prayers in a place that we'll be able to see for the next several weeks. And they'll always remain, which is on this concrete wall behind me. If there's people that you know that do not know the love of Jesus, if there's circumstances in people's lives that you want God's kingdom to come and his will to be done, I encourage you to come up. And will it be crowded? Yes. Will it be chaotic? Absolutely. But we want to embrace it. So I want to encourage you guys, if you feel like that nudge, come up here, grab a marker. You need to be patient, wait for somebody else to go first. Don't let somebody else being up here be the reason you don't write your, your prayer of God's kingdom to come, to intercede for those that you care about and those that you